Todd. Welcome back to a very special Wednesday edition of the Sports Cheat Sheet. We're recording this one on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Looks like it's 10 a.m. My name is Jason Bell. I am the host. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Sports C Sheet. If you have any questions or comments, we have an email address, sheet one at gmail.com. Feel free to drop a comment and be the first person to actually respond to this podcast. I'm even looking for an email that says it sucks, but just let me know that somebody is uh, alive and has a pulse and actually hears what I am recording here. That would be uh, greatly appreciated. Today, we are going to talk about how to fix the NBA draft. All right, so the NBA draft is pretty bad, and it's been bad for a while. The draft classes are very thin. Uh, You have kids that are coming in. They are too young. They are not ready to play in the NBA. So what you have is you have a situation where NBA teams are choosing between very talented freshmen from college who are not ready to play in the NBA or juniors and seniors who maybe put up numbers in college in a diluted college game. And I understand everybody coming in early. They just want to get to the second contract as fast as possible. So they're coming in young as they can. Uh, you know, they're going to get drafted high because there's it's just so thin and it is not deep. There is not a, uh, a plethora of NBA-ready players. Here is how you fix that NBA draft. I got three steps for you. Here's the first step. Number one, players cannot enter the NBA until they are three years out of high school. Uh, right now, they have the one-and-done rule. I think three years would be perfect. The NBA is the best league in the world. Okay. So you should be there because you're prepared to play in the NBA and you have earned your stripes. You shouldn't be there just because you were hot in high school. Uh, 30 years ago, they were just getting the best players like in the United States and maybe Canada. But now you got dudes coming over from Latvia, from Greece, from Germany, from Spain, who will dunk all in your face and not even blink. It doesn't matter if you were the best, you know, rated player in Indiana or West Virginia or whatever, like it is the best league in the world. Um, It's the best talent in the world, not the best high schooler in a given year. Now, the NFL, they have a three-year rule. um, And players, they come in, they are ready to play in the NFL, and they mash. Like, they, you know, the projects are only at the quarterback position. But, like, your linebackers, your running backs, your wideouts, they come in, and they just mash right out of the gates because they are are adults. They are men. They're not children. And they've earned their stripes. They're ready to go. Major League Baseball, they have a three-year rule. If you go to college, uh... You know, you go to college for your three years, you pay you do, your pay you do your dues, you learn the game. And if you go to the minors, you have to work your way through the minor league system. You don't just get it handed to you because you're 18 or 19 and you were hot in high school. Um, and quick personal story on the one and done phenomenon. Um, one and done, it's not great. You're on campus for six months. You play 30, maybe 40 games. How much do you really even know about that player after the 30 or 40 games? I'm a Florida Gator fan. And uh, my experience with the one and done was Bradley Beal. Uh, the Gators were recruiting him out of St. Louis. He was all national player of the year, all that good stuff when he was in high school. I'm like, oh, great, we're getting the next Kevin Durant. That's what I thought because Durant was like the gold standard for one and dones. The year before Beal got to Florida, the Gators went to the Elite Eight in the uh, NCAA tournament. I'm like, oh, man, when we get Durant, we're going to the Final Four. So Beal comes into Florida. The first thing I noticed is that he was not the closer. Uh, they had this uh, real short point guard who was like six feet tall. I don't remember his name. But when, when it was crunch time or when the game was on the line, the six-foot quick senior would take the big shots. The, 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 he would make the decisions, not the superstar freshman. Uh, also, with, with, a, with a talented freshman, he would be good at home and bad on the road, like just couldn't shoot on the road. But you're like, oh, he's a freshman. He's young. He'll figure it out. 
Um, he was a two guard, but he was very big for a two guard and it projected well into the league, but he just didn't have the skills to dominate the college game yet. As the year went on and he got better, you could see uh, the, the Gators played Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Beal really seemed to figure it out. And you're like, okay, he's, you can see him putting the pieces together and really starting to dominate the game. And you're like, oh man, this is great. He could win player of the year as a sophomore next year. But he played like, you know, whatever, three more games of Florida and then declared for the draft and went like number three. The Gators made the Elite Eight the year before he got there. They made the Elite Eight the year he was there. And they made the Elite Eight the year after he left. So his impact was not really felt as far as how far they went in the tournament. And it just seemed like he had to go then because he was projected to go so high. But it seemed like he could have really developed and grown a lot more and came in a lot more NBA ready. He has certainly developed into a magnificent guard. But if you ask a Florida fan, hey, how was the Bradley Beal era at Florida? You're like, eh, you know. And that's that's what the league is being built on as players like that. So coming up next, we're going to take a look at the options. All right, so the options. This is how you fix it. You got the, the new rule, the new fictitious rule I just made up. Players can't enter the NBA until three years out of high school. So what do they do for their three years when they get out of high school? The first option is college ball. Um, that's questionable because of sanctions. There's you know There's a lot of money involved, so there's a lot of runners and handlers and cash, $100 handshakes. You got to watch out for sanctions. There's questionable coaching. Uh, when Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns came to the league, they both had way more skill than they showed in college. And people were like, hey man, why didn't you shoot threes in college? Why didn't you do that in college? And, oh, coach never asked me to. You know, So the college coaches, they're not coaching to develop you into the best player. They're coaching you to try to win games to get another big coaching contract. Uh, there's a big joke that the only coach to ever stop Michael Jordan was Dean Smith, his college coach at North Carolina. That's a very real thing. Uh, so the first option is college ball. The second option is Europe. Uh, it's good because you're a pro and you get money, but it's bad because it's not a place to develop. Uh, culture shock is a very serious, very real thing. It's hard for a 30-year-old to move to Europe and just go to work, let alone an 18, 19-year-old kid. You go over there, there's a different language, different culture. And then, you know, good luck getting coached up by a coach who speaks a different language and they play different crazy styles that maybe you're not familiar with. I don't know if that's even more appealing than college. The money is cool, but it seems like kind of a headache and maybe not the best place to grow. So you could play college ball, you could go to Europe, or my third option that I'm proposing here, you revamp the G League. Okay, so you got this three-year window where you got the best 18 19 and 20 year olds in, in, in America playing in the G League. They're professionals. Okay. So they get their little G League salary. It's like 30 grand a year, 40 grand a year, whatever you make to get in the G League. Here's the thing though. If you're a pro, if you can get an endorsement, get that endorsement. So if you're someone like a LeBron James or a Dwight Howard, who is that good in high school and attracting that much buzz, get your 30 grand a year from whoever the Greensville, whatever the, the G League team is, and then sign your million dollar endorsement deal with Adidas right then and there. That way you got money, you can take care of your family, you can take care of your friends, then there's no silly little sanctions about who did what. So you can get your endorsement deal with Adidas or whoever. If you want to do club parties, hey, come party with LeBron James at so-and-so, do your club parties. If you want to do an auto dealership, get your free car comped, you're professional now. Okay, so you're learning how to play professional basketball and make all this professional endorsement money on the side. Um you don't have to deal with classes. You don't have to deal with the NCAA. You don't have to deal with coaches. And you're getting professional coaching now too. So these are, you know, it's not just, you're not getting shackled by college coaches who are just trying to win. You're, you're getting developed now. Okay. And it's on the cheap. You know, you got like your little 30 grand contract, you know, 30 grand a year contract from, so you're getting professional coaching 
on the cheap. You're making enough money to, to get you where you need to go and take care of your family. It solves a lot of the problems. Plus, you have three years of pro coaching. There's going to be more tape to judge you on, and it gives you time to really earn your stripes, um, become a man, uh, you learn how to be a professional, and learn how to handle your business. Now, if you can't ball and handle all the off-the-court off stuff on a G League level, why would you be able to do so at an NBA level? So you have to get into the G League, grow, develop, dominate there. Then you can go to the NBA and play in the best league in the world because you've shown that you belong there and that you earned it and that you deserve it. So coming up, we're going to take a look at what this new NBA might look like. Okay, so I tried to go back and take a look at the, the classes, the last three classes, just to see what it would be like. So last year in the G League, the first, the, the, the rookies in the G League last year would have been like the Markel Fultzes, Alonzo Balls, the Tatum uh, maybe maybe Markinen comes over from Europe to play in the G League and get exposure. Donovan Mitchell, they wouldn't be playing in college, playing against uh, ill-matched juniors and seniors. They would be going up against like Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram or Jalen Brown from a year before them, or maybe even Carl Anthony Towns from two years before him, or D'Angelo Russell, or maybe Porzingis comes over. Can you imagine having all these guys playing in the same league, playing against each other, developing, pushing each other instead of playing against? Uh, competition who is not not fitted to push them and not fitted to challenge them. Another thing, when I went back and looked at these classes, trying to match up the top talent in three-year increments, is these drafts are just really paper thin. You know, like with this new one, you would have a lot more premier talent in the 18 to 21-year window playing each other instead of just one guy here and one guy there, like, you know, barely ever playing against each other. You would have more sure things uh, guys would be more developed, more NBA ready. You, you would have less of a chance of like an Anthony Bennett happening. Like he comes in from Canada, goes to UNLV, plays one year, whatever, 30 games, and then gets picked number one overall and then see ya. Like, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. If he goes to the G League for three years, I can guarantee you his warts would come out and, and that just wouldn't happen. If Greg Oden has to go to the G League and play for three years, you know, he, you know, his injury history, you would not go number one overall. Or if Odin passed on the G League and went to Ohio State, you could tell he really wanted to be there. And then he would still have the injury history. You would know, you'd be like, all right, we don't need to take this guy number one overall. But with only one year to make that decision, you know, you can't pass on the seven footer. It's, you know, it just, you're going to make better decisions. Um, you're going to have deeper NBA ready draft classes. If you got if you got once in a generation talents like LeBron or Dwight Howard or high school guys like that, that would make the G League noteworthy. It would make it attractive, and the anticipation will be through the roof after watching guys like LeBron and Howard dominate for three years and then finally come into the NBA at 21, ready to really wreck shop. You know what I mean? And the guys that go to college, they're there because they actually want to be there. So there wouldn't be all the shenanigans, all the off court stuff, all the headaches. I think it would solve a lot of problems. You can't go to the league for three years. You revamp the G League, let the guys go pro here, become men here, and then bam, you got better draft class. That's how you fix the NBA draft. All right, that's going to do it for the uh, this Wednesday edition, Valentine's edition of uh, the Sports Cheat Sheet. I'm the host, Jason Bell. Again, if you uh, got any questions or comments, drop a drop a line on Twitter at Sports C Sheet. Be the first person to be like, yeah, man, terrible pod. I hate it. Uh, or you can send an email at scsheet1 at gmail.com. Uh, we're just out here zipping. So take it easy. Have a good one. Peace.